0: Well, uh, hey, good morning. Thank you, Jesus, that there's no dang tape on the (laughs) rose. Fill the place up. (laughs) I was coming into the kitchen this morning, and Kelly seen me with my new blazer on. She said, are you going for a job interview this morning? And I said, well, (laughs) sort of. Haven't preached since last year, and I am a little bit. Um, nervous a little bit, but it kind of doesn't matter because um, for the next thirty minutes I got gotcha, you, and we're going to go for it today. Um, <clears throat> every every um, it was this weekend two years ago that the the uh, all the lockdown the chaos began, and um, and I want to uh, today what I really believe the Lord wants to do is deal with. Uh, trauma, uh, shock, shame, and wants to lift it off everybody. Um, um, the uh, I, want, I want to encourage people to be part of Alpha. I said I'd do that, but Kelly and I think we got to get our foundation straight again. And so there's there's online, in-person Tuesdays. There's young adult and there's youth Alpha. So <coughs> join one of them. Um, yeah, we've had so many people been super generous to us over the last couple of months, and uh, I just want to thank every one of you from the bottom of my heart. I don't know where all the gifts came from specifically, but every time they came, um, um, we would, um, I prayed for people to be blessed, everybody that gave, even the people that give us a little bit of space, the the, the kindness that we've been shown um, has been um, in, my, in my mind, I've never had that much kindness shown to me, and so our family. And not just have we been tra- traumatized as such, but our family has been. And even a little bit, it kind of ripples into the church here. And uh, Paul, Paul used this word. He said, I don't want you to be disheartened on my account. And it would always only be, Kelly, my desire that you just be blessed, that you not have to carry an unnecessary necessary weight. You should come and leave freer than when you came. And so for all of that, I'm just sorry how that might have affected you. And I'm I'm saying we're uh, getting stronger and stronger and stronger every day. And we will not waste the experience. Um, and, um, and frankly, <clears throat> what happens, I think, um, in situations maybe in public life or something, you think that may- maybe we don't, that everything is always fine and everything's, um, you know, we're without... Uh, disappointments or, or um, dysfunctions or something like that. And the fact is that's simply not true. Um, we maybe don't show it as much. And, um, and, and, you'll, and I just need to be patient with me because I'm still in a process of healing. And I think when you deal with things like trauma, um, there, there can be a miracle that happens where instantly everything is lifted. The experience has no longer any power. That's 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 possible. But for the most part, neurological and uh, psychological and physiological disorders require time. And, and we believe in altar services, uh, always will. But probably what people need in this season is more of a healing community than a, than a healing line. We need to be able to be patient enough to let people process uh, and, and every form of disorder, I believe Jesus healed on the cross. Every, every form. Where it says he bore our grief and our sorrows, it, it implies that every emotional uh, need was met in Christ on the cross. Uh, every neurological issue was met and, and he suffered and died that you and I may be in completely and totally whole. Um, <clears throat> we sometimes marginalize thing like, things like bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or dementia into, um, um, we, 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 they're different, we put them in a different category than physical healings or needs. But they're every bit as important, and Jesus paid for that every, bi- every one of those as well. Yeah. Alzheimer's and um, anxiety, it's all been dealt with in the cross. So I'm going to lean on the Holy Spirit today to bring healing to every, every every form of disorder that you may have encountered, and I'm going to ask that the Holy Spirit would show us how to heal that, them. Uh, we will have an altar call, but the process is going to be a little bit different today, and... Um, And so I think that that trauma is actually a part of our life, that sooner or later you'll be faced with something that will come out of the blue, that could be a death, it could be a car accident, it could be a a, a termination of your work, Uh, it could be almost anything. It may be that uh, you had to face an abuse at the hand of an abuser or or something, that, that trauma is actually a part of life. If you live long enough, you'll have to deal with it somehow, and frankly, I think the entire world has been traumatized, and they may not know it yet, but what's happened to us over the last couple of years is our things have, uh, freedoms have been removed, and stigmas have been placed upon us, and uh, freedoms have been infringed upon, and, and all forms of uh, ungodly control and has created a, 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 some sort of division or divisiveness or drama in our lives. So we've all had to deal with it. Some of us not as well as others. And so if we're honest, I think that if we're going to come out the other side, we need to be honest enough to address some of the discomfort and the dysfunction of this beautiful nation of Canada that we've been part of. And I was one, for sure, who put a great big Canadian flag in my backpack when I was 18. (laughs) So proud of our nation. And I don't want to be ashamed of it. So I have to deal with that disappointment, first of all, and then some of the politicization of the pandemic that's created all forms of issues. But I want to say that um, I, I still ask you to be patient with me. And many times, uh, my leadership takes place from the pulpit, um, not in a side room or not on social media, for for goodness sakes. Um, But we're still called, the mission is still on, the mission hasn't changed. To go into all the world, preach the gospel, to reach the lost, make disciples and empower leaders, that hasn't changed. We've been a little bit disrupted, (laughs) but the mission is still on. (laughs) Um, Over the past couple of years, we've, we've dealt with two floods. In the church, they've cost the first one costs just over eighty thousand. The second one, just over, we think it's just a little bit south of seventy thousand. You can see, um, so so we've had a little bit of displacement as well. So I can apologize for that, but I don't know. Just we're gonna have to deal with it. It's just sort of life right now. And as soon as we can, we're gonna get some new carpet. But in the meantime, God is good. (laughs) I want to make a few statements about overcoming today, and I want to address overcoming and. And one of the best mission statements for you and I is found in Isaiah chapter 61. And um, so I want to preach this, and then I want to minister this, and then I'm going to expect people to uh, experience levels of freedom that uh, they hadn't experienced for a long, long time. And that's going to happen today in, in the next little while. The, um, the, the, the passage in Isaiah 61, the, the, ba- the backdrop is the year jubilee, where all debts are forgiven. Someone should say amen. Amen. Every prison door was open and captives were set free. Doesn't matter if you're guilty or not. Doesn't matter if you're good or not. It was the year of jubilee. And when Jesus came, he said, this was prophesied, that when he would come, he would not be characterized by the multiplication of bread, the turning of wine to water, or the salvation of souls. What he'd be characterized as is having not only the compassion, but also the demonstration of the healing of the broken hearts of all mankind. That's how he would be observed. And it says in verse 1 of Isaiah 61 that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Those two go hand in hand. When the Spirit's upon you, you're anointed. When you're anointed, the Spirit of the Lord's on you. And this is referring to Jesus. And now you and I that are in Christ, this is our same experience and our same mission. And he said it's because to bring good news to the poor. poor is, poverty is a curse. Bring good news to the, to the, to the poor. He sent me to bind up brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, the opening of the prison to the, those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to, those who, to, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, give them beautiful headdresses instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. You can see this again in, Rome, in Luke chapter 4. Jesus, this is kind of my preaching style. It says that when he was asked to read from the scroll, I love where it says that uh, he went up to the went up to the synagogue, which was his habit. We need. We just need to. Stay, we just need to keep coming to church. Just that was that. I like. I like. Um, I was so happy I got my Bible back from the cleaners last week. They said they can't clean it. And I said, That's okay. I want my Bible back. Surprising how much I missed it. I kissed it and said, Hello, old friend. It's like a person it was like a person to me. I just felt so sad. The, the new one I couldn't find, the stuff was on a different page, and I was so disoriented. It says in here, in my old Bible, so when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as was usual to the synagogue and stood and stood up to read the scriptures and the scroll. Uh, containing the message of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him, and he unrolled the scroll to the place where it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he's anointed me, preach good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, the downtrodden will be freed from their oppressors, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. We live in the time of the Lord's favor. Whether you know it or not, or experience it or not, that's where we live. We live there now. And this has become our mission and it's become our mandate. I think it's just really important to know and understand, just very, 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 very briefly. That was a long introduction. Really uh, briefly. Um, that, that every seven years there was a Sabbath year. And seven, after seven, seven years, after 49th year, the fifth year would be the year of Jubilee. All anyway, right, that's how, that's how that happened. All debts were paid. All prisoners were set free. All land was given back. Uh, our inheritance was, was restored, and that's where we live as well. It's important to remember that the condition on the earth is not God's punishment for sin, but the consequence of man's choice. Yeah. Uh, this is a really big deal. I made, I made a, a significant theological statement there. So I'm going to say it again. It, it's important we remember that the condition on earth is not God's punishment for sin, but a consequence of man's choices. You gotta, that, that's got to settle in us. When we sing that song about the goodness of God, it means a little bit something to me when it says, You have led us through the fire. Um, This means a little bit more to me. And on darkest nights, you've been close like no other. There's something about facing things that we don't understand. And allowing that mystery to remain unanswered, being outside of our understanding that we still trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. Um, we were created amazingly, wonderfully, and uh, something that helped Kelly and I a lot was understanding what was taking place in us, both physiologically and neurologically. And so, as I, as I was taught, I uh, was learning about what happened and wh- why my body was acting like it was. It's just the weirdest thing, hey? Um, because your body actually goes into a certain state of protection. It's just the way we're made. This is a good thing. And when we face traumatic events, you know, I mean, the house is on fire. What do I do? And it was kind of as, ca- as casual as that for me. Say, Honey, the house is on fire. Let's, we better get out of here. But I should have been like, but it just sort of like my body was going uh, into like a state. It's kind of funny how, how, well, it's not funny at all. It's tragic. However... If it got to that state, it can get out of that state. That's the good news. That's what I, And some of us get trapped in moments, and you've had a tragedy or trauma, and that's still actually, you're in, imprisoned to that neurologically because your brain well, has not came to a place of healing to let you go from that so you can live on the other side of that. You can get trapped in trauma. And one of the problems is that your frontal cortex actually no longer gets as much blood as it needs to, which is your reasoning part, and these other parts, these little, there's a little almond-shaped thing in here called your, I think it's called an amygdala. I think. That's what the book said. Um, and that secretes super powerful hormones, and you don't even know about it. It's just going on. And it's like a you got like a it's a little like a fire alarm, and it shoots off these freeze, fight, flight, freak out. Um, and you don't even know about it. So there I was, um, running out of a burning house. Well, I was kind of walking out, and my brain wasn't quite working. I went to get in the truck, and I go, well, I don't have any keys. I better go back and get those keys. And then you go, gosh, this is like the end of November. I need a coat. And, uh, but it took a little while because the, the, this frontal cortex was not get, Bible says life's in the blood. If the blood's not going to a certain place, there's no life there. MRI imaging can tell you exactly what happens. This is what, this is what, what part of your brain's firing. And, um, and so I, I could not make great decisions. It was kind of weird. I don't know if you remember at Christmas time or not, but I, was, uh, I wanted to share on, on Christmas Eve. And uh, so I went and bought a blazer a couple weeks before, black blazer. And uh, <laughs> I, I, went, I hung it up, went to put it on, and it went put on. It's like it's like two sizes too big, and so it's like three in the afternoon. I got to be here at like three thirty, and so I showed up. And I go, "Why? why what the heck was going on? Well, my, this wasn't making good sense." And uh, so the only way that it looked uh, that it was normal size is when I was my hands were raised. <laughs> so I did a lot of worshiping that night. <laughs> Just telling you, but or if I went like this. So I had a black blazer moment. I have a number of them since. But, but that's where your reasoning takes place, and the question that you ask uh, can't be answered. Lord, what, what, Lord, where were you? Lord, why did this happen? Well, you actually can't. I, I could not answer it, nor did I care to. Well, actually, sort of, it would have been helpful, but my brain was not in a place where that could function. And what else happens is that between your left and right hemispheres, um, there, it gets disrupted so in, in a minute, I'm going to pray for people's left and right brains to come back together. And and the the other little thing in there, it's called a hippocampus. I think if you're a brain person, I may have said that wrong, but that's the historian, and it sorts out the information to where it goes into your head, so that you know what to do. And um, and so what what happens? It, it, and you, and your memories are carried in that hippocampus. And so. Um, What happens when we have a state of, in a state of trauma, um, is that this actually quits working and even shrinks. And so, you actually don't have that good a memory. I can't, I can't remember. I told my son, I went and stayed at their place. I said, I can't even remember staying here that week. Well, your boy, it's protecting you. But one of the dangers is you can actually dissociate. And for some people, especially if you're under 7 you will actually separate into a compartment what took place because you have no way of processing what happened. But you'll live without understanding the good parts of that time because the trauma froze the good parts. And so I'm going to ask the hippocampus in anybody's brain to come back to life so you can remember good things because what it does is it only carries the trauma and then little triggers cause that trauma to reenact and pretty soon, you're doing the same thing again, and this feedback loop continues for the rest of your life. You see a thing, you smell a thing, and all of a sudden, a trigger happens. It was, and it, it, it does it kind of unconsciously. We came to church the next week, and you guys had, had these little fire pots outside. I'm walking with Kelly holding her hand, and she starts squeezing my hand. I said, you okay? She said, no. I said, what's happening? She said, the smell of fire. Because to me, it's kind of like, it was okay, it was still okay. It was kind of campfire-ish for me. It was fine. But it triggered, and she couldn't control it. Because it's, it's, it, this is protection for us. Um, it's interesting to note that other things happen. I got a little bit ahead of myself. But uh, the other thing, that so I'm going to pray for three things. Uh, stress, sh- shame, and trauma. Because I think the Lord wants to heal those three this morning. Next week, I'm sure he wants to heal more, but... Uh, we only have so much time. The impact of stress. Um, w- there was just a, um, I heard on the radio that 40% of young adults are in a high stress zone and one more uh, complication will cause them to be suicidal. 40%. Pre-COVID, uh, only 30% of the people were living in, in uh, acceptable stress levels. Stress actually creates uh, its its own set of issues for us. And um, and so and we do, we don't choose what ha- what the, our response is. We just learn to cope with them, or else or else suppress them. And so the only ones that the Lord is going to heal today are the ones that He brings up for you. We don't have time to heal heal them all, but we, but I think that we can heal one of everybody's today. That's what I I believe. Um, <clears throat> the response is chemical, and sets off a chain of events before you realize there's even a pro- problem. The autonomic nervous system kicks in, and it has two parts, a sympathetic and a parasympathetic. And it's responsible for doing things that you, don't, you aren't aware of. Are you, are you figuring out your blood sugar at this point? You're not. It does that for you. This is why sometimes if people live under stress, their blood sugar starts spiking. They don't know it. But it's the stress that kicks in, and before you know it, you say, I can't get rid of any weight. Well, it's because you haven't dealt with the root of that, and the body thinks it's in danger, and it's sending chemicals to your body to say, you're in danger, you're in danger, you're in danger. I got up the, got up the next morning after the fire. I couldn't, my legs were so sore, I could just hardly touch them. It felt like I ran a marathon. Actually, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> but if I did, I imagine they'd feel like that. Well, Well, well what happens... Because automatic, my limbic system kicked into place. When you think limbic, think limbs, arms, legs. All, all, the, all the, this, these adrenaline uh, chemicals, the hormones were shooting to my legs and shooting to. And I, you know what I did? I just walked out of the house, walked back in, walked out of the house, got in the truck, went down to Chad's, and then started to shake. I was, what, what, what's going on? And and without my knowing what was taking place, my body was protecting me. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now I'm in the process of completely being healed and walking out of that. Why? So I can help anybody else that's faced trauma. I'll understand the level of empathy that I have for people. I just, honestly, I can break into tears watching the news, seeing, seeing these people fleeing in Ukraine. Dear Lord, displacement, do we have enough? You know, and I, so let me just move along. But, but, but their bodies will be going into tra- trauma states and without them even knowing it. Have anybody tried to trick that system, by the way? You ever try that? Um, I know when we went to get COVID tests there, the one time I put a bunch of colloidal silver in there. I said, they'll never know. <laughs> it's, a, it's, kind of the, it's sort of the same as, as you can't um, breathe through your nose and stick out your tongue at the same time. It's the same as that. <laughs> Some of you are trying. He's just sneakily trying to try. (coughs) Stress is dangerous, and it can cause chronic levels uh, in our bodies. It can cause cancer, autoimmune diseases, heart issues, on and on and on. Um, One of the best expressions of peace is uh, is inwardly is laughter outwardly. We we can't laugh and be stressed. So, honestly, uh, I've seen enough these resting Zoom faces on that are just like nobody's happy. They're like even I mean even even like godly people all just <laughs> right, and so I try to go like a little squirrel or something, and nah, they don't buy it. <laughs> I'm just so tired of that. Um, a joyful heart does good like a med- medicine. I want to talk about overcoming, but a bit more specifically about about overcoming shock, trauma, and loss. We can define this as either life events that had a negative impact on us, physically, emotionally, spiritually, or surprise events that happened out of the blue, that you feel either totally helpless or hopeless, and a sense of doom starts to sneak in. We, you, it's very easy to find a definition for PTSD, post-trauma stress disorder. It's easy to find that. Try to find a definition for trauma, very difficult, because it's so varied on so many levels. I know people who have gotten in an accident and they will not ride on that certain side of the car again. Can't, This can't, can't allow themselves to go there. Um, so this is, the, this is the time when it says all prison doors, and you may not know what you've been in a prison, but if you've been prisoned or prison by a loss, a shock, a trauma, or shame, you can have an event of shame in your life where people points at you and says something about you and you feel like I'm dysfunctional for the rest of my life. That, that moment can actually define your, your, the way that you present yourself publicly ever again. It's, it's that powerful. But Jesus came to set every captive free of every life event that's complicated their lives and bring them into a place of supernatural freedom. That's what he's here today to do. And, and he will do that. Events get buried in our subconscious because we don't deal with them. We neither face them or even want to talk about them. But the effects stay with us until they're brought to light and I will ask the Lord to bring specific things to light today so that they can be healed. It can, be, it can turn, result in dissociation because the event is too scary or too fain, painful. And what happens to us then is we disassociate a part of our life. Uh, we disintegrate, literally. And Jesus came to bind up disintegrated people. We would say brokenhearted. He says he's close to the brokenhearted, those who have dissociated and set aside certain parts of their life and hidden them. He says that he has come to bind them up, to bring them back into wholeness, to reintegrate whatever has been disintegrated. And for some, you only feel like part of a person because like a part of you is gone. This morning, the Lord wants to reintegrate you to become a whole person, which is a holy person, wholeness. Um, Your subconscious mind will do this. It'll separate them, particularly if you're young and vulnerable. But your mind will try to hide it until it's older, and tragically, so are the emotions around it, and it can cause numbness and emotionless to certain specific situations. That's, that's remarkable to me that that can happen. Somehow, both sin and trauma get intertwined with neurochemicals, and they're stored in our bodies. What happens is that when you do this as a little child, it finds some st- it, it's someplace it's stored, not just in your mind, but someplace in your body, and can actually lodge in a specific organ, and that organ becomes troublesome when you get to be like my age or in this zone, because it's, but it's been trapped there, and then it attracts negative energy, and it can be a portal for, for the demonic to come and get a foothold. I was so, what happened to me at the moment when I went, I would go back into our house to do stuff, and every time I came to that place right at our island, my world would start to spin. So I asked my trauma counselor, so what's happened? Oh, he said, just in that moment of trauma, a door was open for demonic activity. I said, well, let's get rid of that. He says, okay, and we did it. I felt better. But I'm like a Jesus person. How would that ever happen? I'm just saying God, that Jesus came to deliver anybody that's in bondage, even good people who think they don't need deliverance, me being one. Just telling you my my story a little bit, but it's not about us. I want to get on to this. Um, The result is your body replays and reignites stressful feedback loops and starts the wheel going again. And the quick answer many times religiously, okay, God's got this looked after. But it's kind of like saying, it's kind of like saying you've admitted your crime, but you're still living out a life sentence. You've admitted, I'm sorry, I did that really bad, I did that, well, you're still in prison. What happens when he opens up doors of prisons, he expects us to walk out. So the door's open, are you willing to walk out? I'm walking out. The door's been swung open, I'm walking out. Kind of like a penguin. Um, The other thing, though, they tell us is that trauma is pre-verbal. There's a part of your brain that understands, that your language center that functions. um, But for people who face traumas, they actually are able to only describe what happened, but not what happened to them. Because it's pre-verbal. They have no language for it. Some actually won't even, can't even talk about it because they're so numb. This is something, Huh? I have uh, I met people who say you know there's like about five years of my life I don't even know about, but but I think it has an impact on me. What what trauma can do it can create it can create a numbness, um, theologically and, and neurologically, when a trauma happens, our bodies are designed to protect us and deal with it. Um, God made us this way and it's wonderful. But what happens in a trauma is that there's certain things can trigger, uh, this can happen in shame, it can happen in stress, all of a sudden you realize, oh, it's a test, got to write a test, your body starts, thinks it's in danger and starts sending blood places that you didn't want it to go and for some, I'm, for me, my, my stomach would get re- really tight and I'd have to do deep breathing from my diaphragm, that would often help, but I'd actually do a prayer while I was doing that, I'd go... I'm breathing in your peace, Lord. I'm breathing out all anxiety. I have no, I don't, I, there, was a, there was a couple of, there was about 30 minutes back there in 1984 where I was anxious. But all of a sudden, it's like I'm waking up in the middle of the night. And, and, and trauma can create uh, insomnia as well. If anybody's dealing with insomnia, we can pray with that for that today because he gives his beloved sleep. <laughs> and, and while we sleep, what happens while we sleep is our, our brain restores itself. And if the enemy can keep you from sleep, he'll keep you from restoration and fun- functioning well. It can steal our sleep. For Kelly, it would be she feel like something was on her chest. It would feel different. It went to a different place. For some, it goes someplace. Um, let me move. Just move, keep moving along here. Um, our past becomes our current reality, and doing normal things uh, becomes difficult because of these images. And I'm going to pray for people's five senses: images, or smells, or sights. Uh, can create the same f- flood of hormones and chemicals to start happening in your body again. Your brain can't differentiate if something is real or or, or perceived. Uh, don't watch a horror movie. But if you do, your body can send off the same fight, flight, freeze, freak out hormones into your system. Uh, they, lots of studies have been done on this. You can actually go through, you know, golfers do this, apparently. I mean, they got all kinds of weird things, those golfers. Else for my son, Um, but but what you can do is you rehearse them in your mind, and your body actually builds up a memory then, and cellular memory and muscle memory because you're going through them in your mind. Your body doesn't know, so you you need you need to start telling your body what to do. I I, so we're going to tell our brain what to do, and we're going to tell our bodies what to do, and 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 God's going to bring deliverance and healing. But all of these things, when your, your prefrontal cortex shrinks, your hi- hippochemus goes to sleep, your short-term memory gets impaired, uh, your rationale, rationalization gets messed up, um, and, and what can happen if you've had a traumatic experience and someone came and broke into your door, somebody knocks on the door the next time, and you, what you want to do is you want to punch them. You don't know why. Well, you think you're in danger. It just trips, right? So all of those subconscious things, I'm going to pray for today. I'm, just, I'm setting you up, and in a minute, we're going to do prayer. Instantly, anxiety increases because your brain says, danger, 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 and uh, I won't let you get over it, but I want to talk about life as an overcomer because you and I have been called to overcome all forms of dysfunction, disorder, and disappointment. Uh, what happens for firefighters, EMT, and police, they do three things. They say they, say, they do, do three specific things. Um, um, the first thing that's important for them, here's what often happens at the end of a shift, I'm told. So if you're an EMT worker, or firefighter, you might know better. But you talk about your day, what happened. You talk about what took place. And if there's a traumatic experience or something happened, you're able to process it. The importance of having a strong family is important. Without being shamed, you can talk about stuff. Um, Secondly, what's important is faith. And the third thing is the, pro- uh, the process of healing. And, and I'm going to lead us through some process for healing. You are part of a family. And we can talk about these things without there being any shame. Uh, and then we're going to f- activate faith that God is going to bring deliverance and freedom for anybody who's faced any trauma or shame or shock. This might help a little bit. But... Together, we need to become a healing communica- community who's patient and kind enough to walk with people rather than project from he- here or from us that everything's okay and that all leaders uh, are, are never face any emotional or, or neurological or physiological issues. We all do. We're the same. We're no different. So let me help you with that. Say I'm working through these things right now. Restoration of wounded souls takes time. And it's a process and requires the power of Jesus. So I'm going to explain to you what I'm going to do, but I'm, before I do, I'm going to invite the band to come and uh, just kind of play that again about the, the goodness of God. Um, I hope I didn't confuse anybody who's trying to help us, understanding what happens. What I'm going to do is I, I need your permission to minister to you. And... Um, and i have a a process that i've worked out here i think the lord's given it to me i really i really hope he has um the, the the first thing i want to do is remind us that this is not like a magic wand that waves over everybody and everything's going to be okay it's the beginning of a process to walk you, you out of and past either shameful or traumatic events in your life. You don't have to confess them to me. But the Bible says that what we need to do to embrace God's forgiveness is be willing to be honest enough to confess them to him. And so I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to bring to your mind in a few moments any issue that he wants to heal today. Um, And then... If there's very specific ones, I'm going to walk you through a healing, some healing prayer. And if you want personal ministry at the end of that, we're going to be available to pray for anybody who wants prayer. Um, the, 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 the process is will will begin instantly, but the reprogramming of our brain requires us to do some work in the renewing of our minds. So, so I can't do that for you. Um, I can remind you what Christ has done and, I, and then I can let you know how some of the things, how it's uh, happened to me. But the most important part when we begin a process like this is I say, say Jesus, how do you want us to pray? What do you want to deal with? And then depend on him to do the big work. Uh, it's quite possible that you and I have not one, but many traumatic moments in our life that still may hold us captive. Uh, this requires a, a procedure where you just get still and say, Lord, what is it you're trying to heal? What, what is it you want to do? And then we bring his light to that area and then we invite him and the truth of who Jesus is, the, the, the healer. And then we invoke Isaiah 61, where you came to restore, set captives free from hopelessness and helplessness. It may be that you've been losing sleep. You don't know why. I'm going to address nightmares, night terrors. I'm going to address insomnia, sleep disturbances of all kinds, that restless leg thing. Um, I'm going to command traumatic images to die and dry up at the root. Now, if you were to look at a neural pathway in your brain, it would look like a tree. In Matthew chapter or Mark chapter 11, Jesus walked past a tree, cursed its roots, it shriveled up. So after today, traumatic images no longer have to trouble you. We can command them to dry up and die. Just so you know what I'm doing. This will help you to remember good things and not just the traumatic things. I'm gonna sever neural pathways that lead to trauma, stress, shame, and sever all trigger points. I'm gonna declare the year of Jubilee that everything is restored and returned, even if they were guilty. I'm gonna ask you to be super aware of what's taking place in your body and then just surrender to the Holy Spirit. After the first part, after the first part, uh, if you haven't received Christ as your Savior, I'm just going to ask at that moment to accept him in your life. This will take uh, this will take uh, uh, us about five minutes. So would you all just stand with me please? <clears throat> I've given you some of the science. I've given you some of this theology. Now we're going to see a demonstration. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your desire to see people walk in total and complete freedom and wholeness. I'm asking that you would bring to light in their mind an experience. If this, this will probably happen instantly. What's an experience or what's a moment? He'll just light it up for you. That moment, that one moment. Don't try too hard, just relax. Let the Lord do the work. Holy Spirit, I thank you for revealing that moment that you want to heal. I ask your permission now to be able to pray for you because I'm going to take authority in Jesus' name and command out all the effects of any shameful or traumatic events. Do I have your permission? If if there's something that came to mind and you would like to join me at the altar, that would be excellent. I'm I'm not going to pray individually yet, but just come on up quickly, please, and stand with me at the altar. Perfect. That's great. You don't have to. It's nice when you do. Just coming close. All right, I just like to be able to see you. And watch. You know the, the way that Elijah prayed? He prayed and he had his servant go look for a sign. We're going we're gonna to pray that way. It says, The effect of fervent prayer of a righteous man avails, avails much. He's referring to Elijah. He prayed and then he looked for a sign. And then he prayed and then he looked for a sign. Today, the traumatic... Images, the shameful activities that you were part of or that happened to you will no longer have any effect on your life. First thing we do is we forgive. Is there anything you feel that you've done wrong as a result of any trauma, shock, or shame that comes up? Just take a minute and then you confess it to the Lord, directly to the Lord. Just tell them what happened. Yep. Now ask him to forgive you. Now allow the blood of Jesus to cleanse you from all sin. Anything that comes up. Know that forgiveness is already there. Just receive it and thank him for it now. Father, we now declare everything. The complete work of the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That complete work come to bear in everyone's uh, life experience and event that you're trying to heal right now. Holy Spirit, I welcome your presence to fulfill the mission of Jesus in Isaiah 61. That you were sent to bind up broken heart and proclaim free- freedom to captives and the release of prisoners. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I break off all shame, guilt, condemnation, and responsibility for anything you have done, been ordered to do, or what was done to you. In Jesus' name, all shame is broken off now. You are no longer defined by your history, or by experience of others, or by your experience of others or yourself, or by a traumatic event or a recurring pattern that has happened in your life today. We break it, and we declare that that's finished. No matter what you've done, I ask the Father's forgiveness now. You are forgiven from anything you've done, witnessed, and there's no condemnation. You're no longer responsible for the abuse, the harm, that you suffered for the injury to your body or soul, I declare you're no longer defined by your history in Jesus' name. Now, I'm gonna close the doorways for all soul wounds. I release healing of your hearts. I bind up brokenheartedness that's been carried for years or months, and I break off all effects of shame, trauma, and stress. I break off the power of fear and anxiety over your life and speak healing for the wounds of fear and anxiety. I break the power of trauma over your life that affected you neurologically, physiologically, and I speak healing to every wound. I cancel the wounds of abuse in every assignment or work of darkness that was at work in that person, and in Jesus' name we close every door, declaring freedom from every dark influence of lust, perversion, or control. I break the power of abuse over your life. I speak healing to every wound by any spirit of trauma, torment, brokenheartedness, depression, bitterness, despair, rejection, abandonment, suicide, horror, loneliness, unworthiness, grief, fear of loneliness, manipulation, death, fear of a repeated abuse, rage, murder, revenge, disunity, mental illness, dementia, and any other afflicting spirit. And I command all afflicting, tormenting spirits to leave and never return. Agreed. I cancel all lies and all programming from the lies and declare healing over your mind to breaking off every stronghold and destroying them in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for filling now with living water and cleansing from head to toe. Flow now into every one of these areas and fill them up where trauma once occupied now is filled with love, joy, and peace. Now I declare protection. Some of you have felt unprotected. In Jesus' name, I close all portals and pathways. Or any places of entrance or connections to allowing any tormenting spirits to bring fear, worry, anxiety, paranoia, nightmares, night terrors, insomnia, and tragic images to you. The Lord is your refuge and your fortress. You can trust Him. He will save you from the fowler's snare and the deadly pestilence. And under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not worry of the terror of night, nor the arrows will fly by day. A thousand will fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. But they will not come near you, for He is commanding His aid angels to guard you in all of your ways. Now I speak healing to all of your senses and I disconnect them from being triggers for traumatic events. Sight, hearing, tasting, smelling, feeling in Jesus' name. We pray for healing over our senses. I ask the reintegration of all connections between left and right brain and restore all healthy connections between spirit, soul, and body, mind, heart, and will. I command the hippocampus to wake up and come back to life with good, godly mem- memories and no longer carry any traumatic images that will torment or taunt in Jesus' name. I declare the freedom of Isaiah 61 and speak liberty over you. You are no longer captive. You are free in Jesus' name from anything and all that was done to you. I declare that you are released from the prison that held you. The shackles are broken. The chains are off and you are free. And I declare freedom, spirit, soul, and body, mind, heart, and will from this day forward. Amen, 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 and amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.